0: Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash
1: Wondery. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devinder Hardwar.
0: I'm Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe.
1: This week, it is all about social because so much stuff is happening. Uh, Twitter is continuing to fall apart. Uh, Threads now exists that's meta's Twitter alternative I I don't know if we should be excited about that or not we have a special guest to talk about all that stuff yeah it's another social platform so I, I immediately saw Sherlyn joining and following and trying to get her cloud up Oh, my God. Anyway, it's already up. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on, the, on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, typically, we have been doing Thursday morning live streams. Uh, we're not doing that right now. We're taking a bit of a summer break as we try to reassess how we're doing live streams. So thank you to those of you who joined us. Uh, we hope to restart that soon. And uh, yeah, tell your friends if they're not actually listening to the downloaded version, uh, have them subscribe, folks. You can also drop us an email at podcastinggadget.com. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, send us your questions. I want to make uh, Asking Gadget a more regular segment on the show. So yeah, let's get the question bank piled up, please. All right, social media once again is on fire. So many things are happening. Joining us to talk about this is Engadget senior editor, Krista Bell. Chrissa, how's it going?
2: I'm doing great.
1: You, you look you look very tired <laughs> at this point because all the social media news, right? Are you really doing great?
2: Oh god. Uh, y- yeah, you know, it's it's great to come back from vacation and like straight into, you know, the burning flames of,
1: yes. of Twitter. Yes. Gosh. I know how it feels. So let's let's set up some context for what's happening. Because I was also off for the past two weeks. And thank you so much, Sherlyn. Uh, and also Sam, who was joining you, right? Uh, for doing those episodes. Uh, but over the weekend, I noticed a lot of things happening. Um, it is nice to be on vacation. To be only like tangentially to a little bit watching Twitter. Rather than all the time, every day. Um, but I saw the news like, um, oh my god, what stupid thing did Elon Musk do this time? Um, oh, Oh, announcement about rate limits. Uh, I did load it up in the morning and certain things weren't loading. He was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitter rate limits. You can only view these many tweets. Um, you know, uh, blue subscribers get more. No, you know, Normal users get none or get very little. And if you, cannot, if you are not logged in to the site, you cannot see Twitter at all. And that sent everybody scrambling. And I think there were um, conspiracy theories that uh, there was a reporting from Casey Newton that Elon Musk did not want to pay his Google Cloud bill. Which is powering a lot of Twitter, and that uh, I think that was coming due June thirtieth, and that all really timed up. I think it was July first, right when or right, right around then is when the rate limiting stuff started happening. Um, Krissa, from your perspective, you were also on vacation, but you know, what were you thinking as you saw this stuff starting to happen?
2: I mean, I think at this point, if we've seen. If we've learned anything from the the Elon Musk era of Twitter, it's that nothing should surprise us. No amount of uh, bugs or weird decisions or things randomly breaking for reasons that don't necessarily make sense. So it was just kind of like, yep, yeah, of course, this, this makes sense.
1: This makes sense. Uh, here is a tweet from Elon Musk on July 1st uh he tweeted verified accounts are limited to reading 6000 posts a day and that's reading that's not posting 600
0: Un- or 6000 6000
1: unverified accounts to 600 oh. posts a day new unverified accounts to 300 a day um the service which is based uh makes money from ads and ads are driven by people viewing posts is now or at least was rate limited over the weekend. I feel like some of that has calmed down, right, Krissa? It seems like things have changed a little bit.
2: Yeah, it seems to be sort of back to to normal for most people. Um, I think probably some people are still kind of hitting these, um, but you know, I certainly haven't been, gotten the same error that I was getting. Uh,
1: yeah, last yeah. Week. So all this led to. Did you see this, Stirling? Did you see the like mass exodus of people? Uh, my blue sky has never been hotter. Of people just like hopping I, over and following me over the weekend. or like, oh, something's happening. There's a mass creation happening right now.
0: Bunch of followers on Blue Sky, that's for sure. Uh, but I will say the rate limit thing is like you said. The business model is on ads, but I also felt like Elon wanted to make more money off of people subscribing to Verified, and like he thought this was that's the way. What, to get to <laughs> a, uh, right. That's what eight dollars a month. Eight dollars a month, right? It's not. It also wants to read this like garbage fire book that's unedited and full of trash ideas, Mm -hmm, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's. What well, that's, I think, the only that's the only reasoning I can see from all of those moves, right? You make verified people get the full, like, or the most access, and then new unverified accounts only get a, a little bit, and then closing down a public site altogether makes me feel like you want yeah. people to pay. I think you want people to enter this walled garden.
1: I think he was uh, much like actually buying Twitter, Shillin. I think he was actually forced into it instead of doing some 4D chess, right? Because if you don't play your cod bill, um, turns out. You really have to severely limit your servers. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay a lot of over-trees. Um Twitter also said they couldn't tell anybody about rate limiting in advance because bad actors would have taken advantage of it, which to me feels like an outright lie. I don't know how it feels to you, Carissa.
2: Yeah, I mean, Elon has uh, been on this thing lately about, you know, trying to prevent the open AIs and other uh, large language models from kind of like scraping Twitter's data. So I believe that was his initial um, reasoning for this, saying we need to pre- prevent scrapers who are, you know, just going hog wild on all our data and not paying us for it. Um, and he kind of has a, a little bit of a personal beef, uh, particularly with with OpenAI due to his uh-huh. his involvement uh, with that company. Um, Real quick,
1: like he helped like co-found OpenAI, right? And he was basically kicked out when he was trying to take control. That was the story.
2: Yeah, he tried to um, take control of it. It didn't work. Sam Altman. Uh, ended up being CEO of it instead. So he sort of stepped back from it. And then now that they're getting all the attention is like kind of the hottest thing in AI right now, which, you know, he of course wants to be Tesla and, you know, perhaps one day Twitter, um, you know, makes him very uh, unhappy.
1: There, There's so many things happening right now. So, okay, Twitter on fire, people escaping. I'm seeing people going to Blue Sky. I'm seeing people going to Mastodon. And I think this was the weekend where I kind of finally sat down and it was just like, okay, well, where where do I stand in this future of social media? like am i I'm doing the blue sky thing because all my media people are there, all my like film journalist friends apparently went over there too. Uh, a lot of techie people I know and programmers and open source people are on Mastodon. I feel like, okay, my attention is being split here. But my heart now feels, despite what I've been feeling before, I still feel like my heart is with Mastodon and the future of this whole decentralized thing. Sherlyn, like, how are you feeling? How were you this weekend on social media?
0: I did not give a shit about what was going on until yesterday. Uh And I'm sure we'll get a little more into it. I found my new home, y'all. We can talk about this at length. But it's not Mastodon. It's not Blue Sky. It's basic over here. It's what? It's Hey, hey you we will talk more about this i will explain to you why i I have preferred threads so far
1: carissa um yeah 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 yeah. how was carissa's social media weekend then post twitter
2: um you know i was still i was still coming off a vacation so i just kind of got to the point where i was like you know i'm gonna just try to be social media free i did notice more activity on blue sky i've been fairly active at least lurker there for a while um i think i saw on uh probably yesterday that something like 50,000 people joined blue sky over the weekend, um, which may not sound very big, but it's still a closed platform. You still need an invite. Um, So that's a pretty big spike when I think, I think they their total users is something around maybe 250,000.
1: They haven't really accelerated invites either. So it's still like you get one invite every two weeks. I think really, really high profile users may get more. So that's the whole thing. That's the way to like scale and limit it to, that's one way to keep bad actors out, you know, I don't know
0: what's funny to me out of all of this is that like elon did this for like i think again my suspicion is the reasons to get more people to pay for verified or to create accounts so that they don't see the public tweets whatever and instead this is the result we got large jumps in followers or or account creations in other platforms let i mean just messed on and blue sky alone not to mention threads again this is like i've been thinking about this in the 24 yeah oh, i'm sorry yeah, less yeah. than 12 hours less since than 12 launched, but like Jesus Christ! Like this is where everyone went. I swear to God! Like it's, it's, Adam it's, Mosseri mm-hmm. this morning set ten million account activations on threats. Holy shit! That's, like it's yeah. not look two hundred fifty thousand on what mess was that Blue Sky Blue or something I forget
1: because it's it's a limited it's Blue like, Sky. Maybe. Yeah, the numbers. The numbers certainly tell a story. So Zuckerberg and also Maseri, who also heads up Instagram and, and Threads, which is Meta's app, is an offshoot of Instagram. So the Instagram team is working on Threads. Uh, we will talk more about this. But they basically said 10 yes, uh, million users in seven hours, which is pretty impressive. They're clearly winning the numbers game. Um, but I, I do have to say, like, uh, it, it is a weird comparison because Blue Sky is doing a totally different thing. Um I'll, I'll tell you guys this. So the the run up to Threads launching is we got we saw news that hey by the way, Threads is coming. Like they they put up a pre order, uh, thing for the App Store for you to like sign up to be alerted when Threads was coming. Um, it felt like a whole big promotion, almost like a blockbuster movie type things. Like Threads is coming, you gotta you gotta secure your spot. I, I truly don't understand this, but yeah, it finally launched last night. Um, what was your sign up process like, Sherlin and Carissa?
2: I mean, it's just one button. I think that's a big part of why they've gotten so much scale so quickly. I mean, they already have like a billion, more than a billion users on Instagram. And then you say, Hey, here's this new thing everyone's talking about. And you literally just have to hit one button and it links and everything, you, pulls in your it, whole account, pulls in your whole graph. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So to be clear, it imports it. You could just be like, you could create it as a new account or you could just create it as sort of like import all my Instagram settings. And when you do that, it auto-follows a bunch of people. It didn't actually do the auto-following when I was doing it. But I do think that import button is key, right?
0: You don't have to auto-follow. I, I was presented the option to you don't have follow to. everyone you don't I have follow to. or not. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. I don't want to follow everyone I follow on Instagram. In fact, I took this as an opportunity to call the list, really. Uh, my, my alert to this situation, because I'm not, I mean, I kind of heard about threads, but I didn't know really what it might be all i did was i saw i got an alert on instagram going like hey these few people posted on threats for the first time oh shit it's up it's up and that's how But smart right it's smart that's how i went in and i was like all right i'll sign up and like carissa said it's one button it's like so few steps i used the same instagram picture a, a same profile picture across both i crafted a new profile that was more twitter like i guess a bio i mean and and then it just went, it was buck wild from there. Because I don't know, Davindra and Carissa, if you had the same experience. But people, I, I joined a little late. I was a few hours behind. <laughs> but so there were slow. already people on there. I know. There are people already on there who were already like, all right, I'm going to follow this person when they're live, when they've created their account. And I think that also adds to the to the atmosphere that's currently on Threads. But I don't want to deviate too much from going into the Threads conversation. or Well, or sticking I, it's
1: all part of it. It's all part of it, right? Because I think what is what is key so far is Threads hey taps directly into the social graph of instagram and meta which instagram alone has a billion users uh facebook still has what over two billion users like some some freaking ridiculous number so if this were to be a numbers game if you're playing like hey who got the most signups most quickly uh, yeah obviously it's whatever meta does carissa like how do you feel uh about threads at this point like to me it looks like a pretty basic twitter replacement it looks it honestly, it looks very basic because it doesn't have some of the features we expect from these clients at this point. There's no editing. Uh, You can't actually search for tweets. You can only like you can't search for messages. You can only search for people. There's no alt image text, which is awful for accessibility. What are your thoughts, Carissa?
2: I mean, I think, you know, right now what we're seeing is sort of the classic uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook growth hacking playbook. Mm
0: -hmm, You know, mm
2: -hmm. there's kind of been this narrative for a while that like, Uh, you know, Facebook's platform is like really aging. They're like not as cool anymore. Um, But we forget that like, you know, uh, it's not easy thing to build, you know, these billion plus networks and they have a playbook. They know works. They are clearly very strategic about the role and everything. I think, you know, the features are pretty basic right now. I think that's expected. They've been, you know, Zuckerberg and Mosseri have been talking a lot on threads about they will add a just a following only feed. They're gonna add new features, potentially DMs. Uh, one day there will be advertising. You know, so I think we'll kind of see the familiar, um, you know, their sort of like product playbook uh, play out probably fairly quickly. Uh, you know, they have thousands of people that they can just throw at this thing. They can build out features really quickly. Um, to me, the thing that I'm really interested to watch is they have right now. This is basically just an like you said an offshoot of Instagram. Um, they do plan to support ActivityPub in the future, yes. which, and that's the, the protocol, the open source protocol that powers Mastodon and these sort of other like nascent platforms that, yeah. you know, people the call Thet-iverse. the
1: metaverse. Yeah.
2: Yep. So I'm really interested to see how long that takes and how that actually works in practice, because I think that's sort of the feature that like most people on there right now aren't thinking about or talking about, um, But if we do have a a scenario where all of a sudden you can uh, follow Mastodon, um, you know, maybe these other platforms uh, via your Threads account, interact with their content, you can create like other instances. I think that's going to get really interesting because this is sort of like, I think if you read between the lines of a lot of what Mark Zuckerberg has talked about over the years in terms of like interoperability and, um, you know, things like that, I think he's sort of Started to embrace the idea of like less centralized platforms, and um, you know the company was pretty explicit about that in their, you know their blo- their announcement posts about this. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to see if they actually kind of follow through on their promises because I think it's gonna be a lot more complicated than just building like a, you know something that's within Instagram's walled garden.
1: You mentioned something really interesting there, by the way, Carissa. Uh, um, there is no way to see a feed of just your followers. doesn't exist look (laughs) it's an algorithm only feed
0: Mm -hmm. man yeah there is there is there is a very long list of things that need to come right Uh editing edit button right and and free free edit button not not for paid users or whatever um right now the people who have blue check marks on instagram get them on threads too which doesn't really make sense to me but whatever yeah um and And it's hard to get a blue check
1: on instagram too like that was always well you there's a
0: version that you pay now exactly you only pay exactly. for it now analysis. it's meta verified exactly um it's the same thing yeah it's the same thing as twitter now it doesn't m- matter at all uh then the other one is a feed of people you follow um which is that right now it's just algorithmic and actually it makes a lot of sense i saw analysis on on threads itself uh that the big difference between mastodon blue sky and threads is that like threads uh, for mastodon and blue sky it often feels like very empty and barren wasteland when you look at your timeline because you if you follow very few people especially blue sky at the start it just feels boring whereas now i'm like oh crap there are these like a billion well not a billion maybe like 10 million funny a lot, people a lot of people a lot of funny hot takes a lot of well the brands are there okay never mind then there's there's the fact that like yes a lot of uh, accessibility features haven't been built in there are some but there's not all and they still need to work on that um and searching through hashtags, searching for people, uh, like you said, Davindra. And I can't remember, there was like a couple features I really was have been waiting to see. There's a long list. There, there, there's like, a
1: long list. I, I agree. We mentioned some of that. I'm just saying, the basic feature of people you follow to just show me a list of people I, I'm following, I, the, you cannot see that, that
0: Right. I think I think yeah. you need to. See, well, you mean a list of tweets from people you follow, yes, right? Because yes, you can't, The you can't, thing you can't see your followers list. The
1: thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. The actual list of tweets. The 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 thing right. that many Twitter people like. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: right. There should be both the algorithmic feed and the people you're following feed. Right now, is just the uh, for you. I guess it feels just really TikTok to you. me. Yeah, it really feels like the TikTok algorithm. But tweets, you have the choice on TikTok only. too.
1: You can swipe over to the to yeah, the feeds you're right. just following too. It's the same thing, right? So it's just it's somewhere on their list it's the instagram idea right your instagram yeah. feed is a pure algorithm feed right and it it's just that applied to text uh to me that's not super attractive i think for new users like you're saying shirlin sure yes yeah, stuff is happening the the feed is going down uh you know threads go burr and i'm like yeah i'm faving things i'm liking things and i i think like i don't know i feel like i i had a Bit of a philosophical uh, sit down this weekend. Where I'm like, okay, what do I want the future of web communication to be? I I don't want it to be meta, even though like meta has taken over. I don't want it to be like the future of whatever Twitter was. I don't want that forum to be meta because what is what is Facebook right now? What is Instagram for a lot of people? It's a place where the relatives you don't want to talk to are there, right? Like it, it is not... That's- it, it's a That's whole facebook different
0: thing. i don't see that as instagram i think oh I, I still see thriving. that on instagram
1: uh there was a great um everything uh recent guest ryan broderick over on his garbage day mm-hmm. newsletter uh also wrote up like a good piece on all this stuff um he referenced something uh the tech analyst fane gred greenwood calls this the terrible uncle problem in a recent skeet Greenwood said meta ensuring threads integrates with Facebook and Instagram means your weird older relatives will easily be able to find you there. A lot of people don't want that. True. Very true. Like my my Twitter personality is different from my Facebook stuff because my family will never go to Twitter. Now it's all going to be smushed into one thing, right?
0: One of the earlier uh, retweets or reposts, mm-hmm. or I don't know what the word is, rethread, uh, <sighs> that I, I did uh-huh. was of this person who said, sorry for all my Instagram friends who now are who are experiencing <laughs> my Twitter personality for the first time. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's true what you're saying. But I think Facebook has already embedded itself, meta, has yeah, already embedded yeah. itself into our lives, it right? With yeah. WhatsApp, don't forget. And yes, Instagram, it's all... It's all the, I, but that's part of the appeal, unfortunately. It is. Because it is. I want it's my Instagram friends to yeah. know me on threads as well, right? And so it's like, it, it is that convenience. And I think that that's where Meta has this advantage. And obviously, I mean, I think Carissa, you know best. Like, what I think just on the pure numbers game alone, Meta and threads has the biggest staying power here.
2: I mean, I think that's true initially. I think a lot is going to depend on how quickly they're able to, you know, add these new features, you know, if this kind of just becomes a novelty, if like, you know, in a month or two, you go onto threads and like, you know, all your meme accounts and influencers and people aren't posting as much, you know, could peter out. We've certainly like seen that happen before, you know, it's also still worth watching, you know, Blue Sky and some of these other um, platforms, like, you know, they, they have a lot of influential users there too. Like, I don't think we should necessarily like, declare like meta the yeah the twitter alternative winner just yeah Every, um, Everyone's
1: saying like yeah threads wins because of the numbers and i i feel like that really flattens like what this discourse actually is because it's really it's not about the numbers numbers is one aspect but it's the community it's the conversation you know like a big part of twitter was it it was a social graph that everybody could really access. Like you could tweet at a celebrity or somebody well-known and sometimes they would dialogue back to you. And that was like a forum that we never really had before on the internet. To me, it was always, always the sort of like most, it was like the most egalitarian version of communicating on the internet. Yeah.
2: That's happening on threads for me and not on or Blue Sky. Sure. Sure. It, I mean, it is. that's yeah. But I think that, you know, it also depends on what, you use these platforms are like when you think of like the classic Twitter experience that made, you know, kind of put Twitter on the map, it's sort of breaking news, being able to follow real-time events in the world because it's, you know, everyone from pundits and politicians and world leaders and journalists and like just kind of everyone mashed together and you can kind of really had this sense that like if you want to know like what's going on in the world anywhere, like you go on Twitter and it's happening on Twitter. And I just I have a hard time seeing meta kind of have that same kind of vision even if they do have a following feed they improve search and algorithms like they just don't care about the news that way they don't you know like they're being very hostile to news organizations right now threatening to take news off their platform so i think in terms of like a social space where everyone kind of just can yell at each other in real time have conversations you know banter or memes whatever like i think it will probably be very good at that um I suspect we'll still need somewhere else if you kind of want that kind of classic Twitter. What's going on in the world? I mean, can you imagine like emergency services being on Threads and being like, "Hey, uh, hmm. you know," or the MTA like giving you subway alert? Like you just
1: it, it doesn't work because that's oh, the yeah. feed, and you you can't. There's no guarantee that emergency post actually gets to the people it needs well, to. Yeah,
0: one. I mean. So one, that, that reminds me of the thing that I thought uh, Threads was missing that I haven't gotten to on my list of things I want Threads to have. A web client. I need yeah, no the desktop client. interface. It's still not here. That's very important. I think that, very that right now you can yeah. view Yeah, you can view Threads on uh, the web, but you can't use it to post anything just yet. I I, I feel like it's a feature that's coming. But, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, it, has the that setupers, come to
1: Instagram yet?
0: Yeah, you, we can, can, you, can post on the web. You can upload the from the web, web, yeah. yeah.
1: Because every yeah. time every time I click a web Instagram link, it's just like failure. It's just like log in. I don't I don't want to log yeah, in. I just yeah. want to see you the don't post. Log in. And then I yeah,
0: yeah. I know. It's pretty annoying. And I agree with like Carissa, which is that like as a social platform, definitely. And you already can tell that it is like like what you said, uh Carissa, out of the meta playbook, which is that the notifications are like on steroids. It's insane. I had to kill and the notifications,
1: like, yeah. Yeah, God, yeah. you
0: have to. And then the way they try to suck you in, it's very it's addiction-based as opposed to, like, a more, you know, open source of information uh, intention. Yeah, so the, the goal
1: is growth hacking, that. like you said, Carissa. And Zuck is very good at that. He's bought companies to do that, basically. So that you don't get to a billion users without, like, you know, putting your growth metrics on steroids somehow. So they are very good at that. Um, building an actual community building a thing that's useful, um, that that's organic. Like, you can't force that. And I guess we have to sit back and wait and see. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you guys a few things right now. Uh, do not forget that, um, do you remember XMPP? Do you remember the messaging? <laughs> that's a the, the, Yeah, the supposed interchangeable messaging format that uh, WhatsApp supported and several other clients supported and Meta and Facebook back then was like, oh yeah, we're all about the interoperability of messaging clients. Dead, fully dead because because of the WhatsApp acquisition, because they like fully just built on their own thing. And I guess they built it all around Facebook Messenger. Right. So dead, 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 dead. Um, right now, we have so many other options popping up. There is Blue Sky. There's also Spill, which I saw a lot of people jumping to. And this one's worth just mentioning because it is. I believe it was founded by some former Twitter engineers. It has become like a place for black Twitter to also go and to find a community and to be safe and supposed to be very like LGBTQ safe as well. So that is a space people are going to Mastodon is still doing a thing like Mastodon signups, not the level of threads, but it is still growing really quickly. I got a lot of followers uh, this weekend and I think what I'm coming down with is like, you know what, guys, like we have lived through so many of these closed platforms and seeing them die. Um, if we have a good decentralized thing that works right now and is being look, like other people are looking to support, I feel like Mastodon's like the thing I want to invest time in. Blue Sky is can be a part of that there are some mastodon clients that can also hook into blue sky and maybe eventually they'll be able to talk to each other so maybe it won't, this whole thing will be moot. like maybe we can all talk to each other eventually thanks to decentralization um but yeah it is it's it seems like that to me that's the future i think mastodon can be very nimby-esque of people who shout at you if you're not doing things the mastodon way but i have also learned you could just ignore them you could just you could just like mute them or like not follow them anymore. There's some there are things like yeah, putting all text on images is a thing that everybody should be doing. Um, I just think like some of the attitudes at Mastodon need some changing, but that's going to happen over time as more people come on. And uh, yeah, I I just generally like the conversations I'm having more there. Um, Carissa Sherlyn, like, what are your big takeaways right now? it sounds like you're all in on threads to me.
0: I I I'm sorry. Yes, I hate to admit this, <laughs> but I mean. It's 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 so fun, right? A lot of people have been describing it it as like, oh, this is when Uh it's like the the senior year of high school or something when everyone gets locked up in the the gym and everyone's going buck wild and crazy. It's that's the. What did they do in your high school, (laughs) Sherlyn? Well, no, not me. Someone else tweeted this. Uh, I mean, threaded this. Okay. (laughs) I'm discovering new features, I'm like, oh God, you can like hit the return key twice and quickly start a new thread post, you know, and it's just like there's a <laughs> lot of little hidden things I are figuring out. I know it doesn't it's not the most useful feature, but uh-huh. it is like a new land and people it still feels like it can stake your claim on things. I don't like that your name is tied to your Twitter. I'm sorry your Instagram handle, but you know, it's again, like a new space is nascent. Like Carissa said, and who knows what's to come? Who knows what's going to change for better or worse? Maybe I'll hate it in a week. Um, I also want to point out that like I wanted about an hour ago as of recording this podcast. um Twitter CEO, I believe, Linda Yaccarino. Carissa, is that correct? Um, she CEO. Sure,
1: sure.
0: She tweeted that um, on Twitter, everyone's voice matters. She basically took a stab at threats saying that, like, uh, Twitter can be imitated but never duplicated. Um, Says the woman who said nothing
1: as Twitter was falling apart.
0: I know. She says we're often imitated, but the Twitter community can never be duplicated. You build a Twitter community. That's irreplaceable. This is your public square. Uh, She tweeted this, like, 1045 a.m. today. It's... Okay, cool. I mean, it's we're clearly on the cusp of something that's happening uh, at top speed. Who's to see? Who's to say how Elon reacts? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I'm more interested in like what Carissa said that Fediverse thing. That's very
2: intriguing. Very curious to see how that goes.
1: Yeah. Main takeaway, Carissa, and there's a couple other things we'll mention before we close.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you're both right. Threads right now is the shiny new thing. You know, we shouldn't forget um meta has a long history of uh rolling out things too quickly without fully thinking through exactly how they work you know they said like for example instagram's community guidelines are going to apply we haven't heard really anything about like are they increasing moderators for this i would think they would need to how is moderation going to work are they going to just be fully relying on ai um, i think if we've learned anything it's that you know it's not going to be too long before we'll see people try to you know game this take advantage break the rules do bad things i think that's just going to happen when you have millions of people in one place um and to go back to your point dev i think uh it is really interesting right now to you know you're talking a lot about Mastodon um the ceo of mastodon wrote a blog post last night basically saying that he was really excited about threads that they're going to support activity pub he thinks it's good for kind of The ecosystem. And this is something I've been thinking about for a while because it does kind of feel like we're at this moment where there's a bit of a paradigm shift potentially in terms of like social platforms moving to these decentralized protocols, kind of changing how they think about, you know, just having one big service. And some of that was brought on by Musk, but you know, messed on. It was, you know, predates that by quite a bit. And so I think it's gonna be interesting to watch because, you know, now that we're seeing you know, it's a pretty big deal that if we see Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg kind of committing to supporting these protocols as well. Um, And so that could really vastly change sort of the way we think about these platforms and our social graph and our following. So um, so yeah, I think it's just something we have to watch, see how it happens. But, you know, this this could Mm -hmm. be a big deal
1: it's a big deal that i mean this is a pretty momentous week for social media so that's that's why i wanted to kind of just like hit this moment uh, a couple of things worth mentioning um a lot of people were posting about the privacy issues around threads right now uh, you can even see this on the app store uh threads on the store is like is tracking a lot of things ad data personal data personal information tons of things uh the mastodon ceo i love their flex like we track nothing nothing we are totally like they they are they, they don't need to because they're not building this algorithm and they're not building this whole ad system around it. So that is worth noting. Somebody also pointed out that uh, if you sign up for threads and you decide to close your account, you cannot close yeah. your account without killing your Instagram account, yep. which to me just seems like, oh, that is, uh, that problematic. is problematic. That is just like, well, yeah, you guess you're stuck, everybody. I mean, you can still, you can still stop using your account, uh, but you cannot delete it. Without deleting your Instagram account. So, t- yeah, seems like a problem. You know, mm-hmm.
2: very I California. find it funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh gosh, it's true.
0: Oh gosh, Zach's favorite leave. song. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh no, um, I I I didn't know if I remember seeing this, but I never got that prompt that iOS does when you install a new app to be like ask app not to track it's your true. data.
1: It's true. true. Maybe it's taking over your Insta whatever you chose for Instagram. Insta- mm.
0: Yeah, that's weird. That's true.
1: But you can always actually change that setting to in your yeah, settings. So I'm going to You can always do that. Um. Let me see here. Ben, you put in something uh, people are thinking of Mastodon, sort of the Linux of social media, sort of. It, it is the thing that requires the most work. Um, you do have to like go find people, but they have trending feeds like they have. They, there are easy ways to find people. Um, it just could be better. It's not going to like give you a ton of good content immediately. So you have to do that work yourself but i do think it's worth it so i I think the techier folks among us may want to spend a little time on mastodon and i'm also i need to figure out that client there's one good mastodon client that can do blue sky at the same time so i'm going to take a look at that uh ben also suggested let's try to find a term for posts on threads are they just threads i I think tits was a
0: very popular one
1: (laughs) what come again (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no i'm gonna say that again even
1: even threads the name is is a thing on twitter it is a feature of twitter that is now the name of this thing yes, from meta right so it's also a
0: good pun everyone's been like oh thread account like i mean when when Museri went out, i was like oh he's boasting about his 10 million thread count yeah he was a bit now? too which <laughs> is like kind of weird
1: i don't know what we call them can they all be th- sewing puns or something i don't know oh, i don't know where we go with this needles needles yeah pokes
0: yeah. yarns they do I, have just, pokes. I saw
1: beater bones they do have pokes yarn. facebook does Ooh, have pokes. pokes i think was not yarns Ouch.
2: an app like
1: <laughs> years listen. ago
2: Ooh. yeah there was like a yarns probably like in I think. 2014 or
0: something I well think so. Send us people listening, send us your ideas for what we should call posts on threads, podcast uh, at engadget.com, or hit me up on threads, which is what I'm looking at on my phone right now as we <laughs> record this. I'm uh, so not paying attention.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm that, sorry, that's it's a problem. Thread, threads literally had to do nothing but exist. And Trillin was just like, I, I'm addicted, I'm there. <laughs>
0: no it was it's it's all about the followers i'm all about the it's, it's not even people i know it's like it's they're not instagram. on my instagram it's your
1: instagram no, no no they're
0: not they're just rent because it's anyway it's the tl anyway
1: <laughs> it's a uh, yeah yeah it's uh whatever makes you feel the best about your social media timelines anyway carissa thank you so much for joining us uh follow along with carissa's reporting on a gadget i'm sure you'll be writing about all this stuff where can we where can we find you now on the internet carissa
2: You can still find me on Twitter. You can find me on Blue Sky. You can find me on Threads. All of them. um, What what is your is
1: your username, Carissa Bell? Carissa B. Uh, Carissa B. Carissa B. Okay. Yeah. Carissa B. All right. Thank you so much, Carissa. Thank you so much.
0: Well, there was a bunch of other news this week, uh, starting with a, a slew of leaks. Uh, I think the most interesting one is that Apple uh, is rumored to be working on uh, its next set of AirPods Pro. And it would have a bunch of different like health-related mm-hmm. features, including hearing health. I mean, I think we've seen a lot of um, s- slow little trickle of features from apple that seems like it's leading in that direction uh they're already like audiogram profiles on airpods that can uh, you know customize sound to fit your specific hearing profile um but according to bloomberg's mark german who is pretty on the nose usually with uh his uh leaks about apple especially um new health features are on the way for the airpods pro apparently not you you One of the earliest uh, that would come out, according to Gurman, is sort of allowing your AirPods to conduct a hearing test for you. Again, very similar to that customizing the hearing, spatial audio, that sort of thing, but now it's using it to give you a score on your hearing. Um, And then it can then uh, allow you to potentially use AirPods as hearing aids. Um, There were, you know, FDA... Uh, regulations that recently made it easier for Americans to buy over-the-counter hearing aids. And we're seeing a lot more um, hearing aid makers create devices that fit in your ear better as opposed to the big, bulky hearing aids of the past. We've got them more like true wireless earbuds now.
1: And the the earbuds pro... they already have features, right, to basically amplify some outside sound yes, for some people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Accessibility related features that would make surrounding sound louder. It would detect, uh, it would also help you re- reduce exposure to loud noise. So, this, again, is in line with everything we've heard or have seen with AirPods development so far. Another thing that's quite interesting in this set of, um, in this report from Gurman, is a potential built in temperature sensor the AirPods Pro could come with. Um, don't forget the Watch Series. 8 and the watch uh, Ultra already have, you know, temperature sensors on them. Uh, this could help you detect, you know, body temperature for whatever feature Apple is working on. I don't think it's one of those ad hoc, fe- you know, fever readers. It's more like, oh, you could be ovulating, similar to the way the Apple Watch does it. Um, and Grimman does say, you know, these are both several months or even years away. Uh, the more, the more, uh, immediate potential update for the airpods pro is probably a USB-C charging case which just the yeah, case yeah that makes sense not, yeah, not just the, the case buds. yeah the okay. buds don't have don't have uh, the buds are
1: really good like torts. i have the airpods pro too. i bought them twice because i lost my first pair and it's in a nearby town but it's good enough that i was like god damn i cannot i need these in my life so yeah i had to buy them again
0: they're pretty good devices then they're pretty like uh, what's that, are ubiquitous now, I think. Uh, they're all over. Everyone's they're on. all over and um, I think
1: just very, very useful, especially they, they announced yeah. a whole bunch of new features. We didn't really talk about these, yes. but the sort of like the automatic detection of like, hey, yes. cancel noise now, transparency yes. now, I think we'll be... I
0: mean, good. I can't yeah. wait to see how it all works, right? I mean, I'm very skeptical about how it's going to work, but we'll see. Um, and I'm sure when all the beta uh, software comes out, we'll be the first to test them. So there we go. Um, speaking... Of body temperature uh, sensors and leaks, we've got on the other end of the tech industry spectrum, Google, uh, the Pixel (laughs) 8 Pro, which is the next Uh Pixel flagship, Uh, according to someone affiliated with Google that has been talking their... Lips off on Reddit. Um,
1: yeah, they took photos they, with this thing. Apparently, no, that's smart they have, idea. They got their yeah. hands
0: on a Pixel 8 Pro, and apparently, yeah, they used the new the, the camera on the Pixel 8 Pro prototype. They have their hands on and took some photos, posted the samples onto Reddit. Um, but also, this this phone supposedly might have a body temperature sensor on it as well, which would okay. be very interesting. Sure. Um. But more, more, uh, specs wise, I think we have pretty pretty good idea of what a camera array to expect. We've got a 50 megapixel main camera according to this report uh, that would allow 50% more light in. It's got a 64 megapixel ultra-wide uh, camera and the screen is flat as opposed to curved on previous Pro models of the Pixel line. Uh, and then, yeah, similarly according to another leak, they will have a 5,000 mAh battery which is you know, similar to the Pixel 7 Pro. Um, it, you know, like
1: nothing yes it sure looks like a pixel phone looks like a pixel phone i know it's gonna look the
0: same except for the screen's flat i mean the camera's probably better um the the temperature sensor might be interesting well also
1: the the tensor g3 uh, chip is is the rumor here and it is funny you guys just talked about the pixel fold which to me seems like it should be the flagship phone for google this year tensor g2 they're
0: still experimenting it seems like so um confusing well okay. i don't think i think also timing i don't think they're ready um i think they they stick to pretty like strict cycles and schedules with these things maybe yeah but um, they I delay the fall till the
1: fall that's all they you should know. they could have they, they, yeah.
0: they really were looking at uh samsung maybe yeah. um yeah. yeah i i do think that the uh it's worth noting that all of this should be taken with not like just a grain of salt, but also the knowledge that these are early devices, prototypes, right? Nothing is set in stone. Things could change. I mean, it gives us a good idea of what's to come, but... I think the specifics are still not like finalized just yet. That's my sense anyway. Um, and also Google having that temperature sensor on the Pixel 8 Pro, should it be real, uh, would track with some of the things I've seen and heard so far just from interacting with Googlers. Um, I think Google is working on gathering more data to put its AI to come up with more applications of Uh, Things that could be helpful and useful to people, Google has worked on stuff in the past that allows you to use your camera to detect if you have uh, certain types of skin, uh, I don't know, not imperfections, like skin health things, right? They've used the the phone to do a lot. And with an actual body body temperature sensor in there, who knows what else Google might be able to achieve. So I think it's intriguing. I think it's a sign of things to come. Uh, if, uh, a... yeah,
1: I, I never want to uh, put too much hope or credit towards Google for anything these days. Um, but it could be interesting if you had sensor temp sensor on the phone, if you were at, at home and it was communicating with your Google, you know, your nest thermostat. like, oh, this particular room is getting a little too hot. I will kick up the AC yeah. or something. That would be nice. Uh, i get it yeah, yeah I that's get the it. Thing. there was another phone you want to talk about too right
0: so a couple of a couple, phones yeah. were launched slash announced this week i'm gonna just blaze through them i think the fairphone 4 is something we've heard about a while this is kind of a uh very repairable phone it's also a phone that's the, the most repairable computer.
1: phone ever yeah. 10 out of 10 from ifixit so yeah
0: exactly so if you're into that kind of thing you're into like you know being able to hold on to a phone for years and years, but only replacing certain parts when they, uh, you know, degrade or stuff like that, you will start to be able to buy it in the U S uh, it is a sustainability focused phone. And uh, previously was available only like outside of the U.S. Yeah. I think. Yeah. To be clear though, you're not like, this is, going to be it's going to start at $599 yeah it's going to start at $599 it's going to come with 6 gigs of RAM only 128 gigs of storage and it's running with a mid-range Qualcomm chip from 2020 2020 this is yeah Yeah. look don't, don't expect the world this $600 feels like it could go somewhere else somewhere better but if you're into the sustainability component yeah this might be might be good. If you want um, a
1: repairable phone, this is like the thing. This is this It's is not only, only repairable,
0: situation. it's also got like an IP rating of IP54. Uh, which is mm-hmm. not bad for a phone that's so like, take, uh, disassemblable. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I just came up mm-hmm. with my own word. <laughs> um, other specs on this uh, Fairphone 4 that's coming to the US, it's got dual SIM support, you've got a uh, dual 48 megapixel rear camera, 25 megapixel front camera, USB-C charging, 6.3 inch screen, and they are all individual parts that you can replace uh from marina so i think that's why it took a while to get here because we yeah. needed to find the third-party retailer and parts support
1: that um, makes sense that makes sense i see yeah. a good question here too from podcast producer ben what os does it run it is yeah, a an android, version of android phone yeah
0: yeah but de-googled uh um, De- well yeah they, it's running
1: what what do you call this slash e slash or just e is i there... i would
0: i would just say yeah
1: eh. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> me describing every Google consumer product. So let's let's reserve is not, that. Name. I mean, I don't.
0: The Fairphone is not a Google consumer product. But there you go.
1: It. Uh, it uh, so just to be clear, the e operating system is like, yeah, it's de Google doesn't have Google stock apps. It also has like a lot more privacy protection too. Um, so that's you know, as you download individual apps even from the Play Store, you have a little more. It's not sharing info with Google as you're getting apps. So that's kind of cool to some people. Yeah.
0: There's a lot. There's a lot to like about the Fairphone, and there's a lot intriguing about the Fairphone. I do not like the old specs, but you know you could always upgrade components as you see fit. Now, if you, I don't know, yeah, if you want a mid-range phone that might have better specs, and you live in Europe, <laughs> aka not the US, uh, the OnePlus Nord three also launched this week, and surprisingly, for a phone that starts at like four hundred and ninety dollars, it. Comes with a 120 Hz screen, 80 watt fast charging. It's a 6.7 inch display, uh, and it's going to be able to deliver a 60% charge in 15 minutes, like most OnePlus phones. But <laughs> it uses a MediaTek Dimensity 9000 chip, which has been pretty good on other devices. But that's probably why they got the price low. It's, MediaTek's,
1: it's, it's know, MediaTek. It's MediaTek, baby. Also, like I would never trust something yeah. called Dimensity. I don't know what you're really going for to... there, but if your brand is Dimensity, no thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, if you're willing to splash uh, $597 or about $600, same as the Fairphone Force price, you'll get 16 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of storage. Although, note the camera array is not as good. Um, yeah, I mean, look different phones launched this week uh worth paying attention to if you're in the market but i think you might want to wait until october if you're in the market for a new phone which is when we expect all of the different companies like google apple and samsung to be launching new phones in fact actually samsung uh slated to have its foldables event like july 26th Uh i've been saying this date over and over because i keep imagining things in my head i i heard numbers and i am they're not necessarily the, the actual final dates. So anyway, uh, Samsung also announced this week that Galaxy Unpacked will be taking place July 26th in South Korea. I almost said North Korea. All right. Um, another piece of news this week actually happened today, and it's very disheartening. Um, Geo Media, the owner of sites like Gizmodo and io9 and Jezebel, um, has apparently started using AI to generate articles for their websites. Um, after a lot of controversy over, you know, their editor in chief, Jim Spam, uh, their owner, Jim Spam Feller, editor in chief, and just lots of really bad practices, this seems like yet another shitty move. Um, we only really found out because, uh, James Whitbrook, he who is the deputy editor at IO9, yeah, and Gizmodo tweeted today that, um, they were only informed about 10 minutes before a, an AI-generated article appeared on io9 and that no one at io9 played a part in its editing or publication. Uh, James Whitbrook also goes on to share a statement uh, that, that they've sent to GeoMedia alongside a lengthy list of corrections, uh, Whitbrook said. Uh, you can feel free to read that uh, statement on James's Twitter.
1: The thing I want to point out here, too, it's not just the fact that it's an AI-generated article because those are popping up everywhere. It is, It was a basic-ass... Hey, here's a chronological list of Star Wars movies and TV shows giving the timeline. Filled with so errors.
0: So so the That's one we're the referring... To, yeah. yeah. So James Whitbrook was referring to an article on Ionite, and we're now looking at a, an article that appeared on Gizmodo as well. It has the byline by Gizmodo Bot, just in case, you know, just... I I like that that's somewhat transparent yeah. at least it's
1: a it's the same site by the way so like yeah
0: yeah Giz and they're, they're Iron seems yeah. basically the same it's thing. all
1: interchangeable because they yeah.
0: repurpose and share articles anyway mm-hmm. so chronological list of Star Wars movies and TV shows is the headline the subhead is from the prequels to the sequels here's the order to watch the Star Wars saga um, and then literally it's just a list like Devendra said of it's, it, but, one it, but, two three so. four yeah.
1: I'm I'm reading first of all, that list is incorrect. It's numbered incorrectly. It omits Disney Star Wars Andor series or Obi-Wan Kenobi or the Book of Boba Fett. It lists the Clone Wars series as coming after the events of the rise of Skywalker, which is incorrect. You had one job. I, just, I look yeah. I want to
0: read, I wanted to before Davindra like started reading yeah. this. I wanted to read this out to you, Davindra, and watch you uh-huh, get uh-huh. progressively more angry <laughs> as I read. The uh, list let, to you. let me
1: be absolutely clear here too. Uh no shade to uh the lovely writers, Ed Gizmodo and our friends yes. and colleagues at Gizmodo. They like, this actually all, did write yeah. an
0: article already that was better uh about the chronological order in, we- in which to watch the Star Wars movies and TV shows. However, the AI Gizmodo bot did poorly. So if if this is a topic obviously close to my heart, I mean this is this is our industry, this is our jobs specifically, and this is very much our you know area of coverage AI. Um, so we're it, we've heard about sites like CNET doing stuff like that. We've now seen GeoMedia starting to take the plunge. Um, and I've heard just from friends that different publications are having conversations about how AI can, you know, supplement or help with uh, writing articles. And I think that that there is a place for AI in publications and maybe I don't, I, I hesitate to say journalism. I don't think AI can ever do journalism, but in creating lists of things, but now we're seeing it's pretty shitty so far. So, um. I'm mostly just curious what people think, right? So if you have thoughts on AI-generated articles on legitimate websites, you send your thoughts to us, podcasting.engadget.com. We're still human beings here. We will we're, reply. We're still
1: humans for now. Humans. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about Sherlin sometimes. Sometimes it, it is Sherlin bot. Uh, when I you put Solitaire robotic. in front of Sherlin. Oh, she does turn into Oh, don't even robot. get me started. Robot. One thing I want to point out about, uh, you know, this AI article and the stuff we've seen from CNET is that they are typically filled with very, very simple errors. You know, so if a single person had looked at it, um, and I'm not saying editorial should be doing this because maybe you should be keeping the AI-generated content separate completely from yeah. editorial, but at least right. have somebody somebody in charge of the AI. You know, if you just right, think right, you're right. going to get the AI to spit out stuff that you can use, and then it's editorial that has to pay for it. It's the humans I was, who have to I fix was, it. Yeah.
0: Right. I was going to make this point when, I, when, you know, before you said the thing about, like, someone editorial doesn't have to do this. It does kind of defeat the purpose of having automated, or auto-generated content, right? It does still require work, but I think we still need human oversight anyway.
1: Go on. We kind of do the, the AI can't do everything. So anyway, we, uh, and, uh we, we have covered articles to here at in like several years ago, too. This was like 2016 era. Oh, we did. Yeah. We Karen sure have had AI and stuff. other people like we experimented with having AI write stuff as an experiment, as a sort of declaration, like, Hey, to, can, to cover can, it. Yeah. Yeah. Can these models actually create good articles? And it did some decent stuff and it made some spec tables, but you know, uh, we are not sneaking any AI in yet um but you know what if you see anything let me know because it should it shouldn't be popping up in gadget and i'm hoping other editor you know other sites take a look at what's happening at with these issues before like just throwing ai out there uh i'm not saying they should never use ai but we need oversight we need it also should be more thoughtful yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah indeed speaking Um, of
0: oversight
1: Speaking of oversight
0: oversight and and being more thoughtful, we've got a slew of um, regulation-related news this week, Mm -hmm. uh, starting with the EU uh, having –
1: The Digital Markets Act. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Do you want to tell us all about it, Dev?
1: I just want to quickly point out – like, so we covered this. Mariella Moon wrote a story. uh, So the the Digital Markets Act is the thing that basically defines um, very big companies – have to be very careful about how, um, you know, that that they can't highlight their own services. They have to, like, be open and interoperable with other things. Um, So we have the story here. Seven seven companies, mostly American tech giants, uh, are now classified as gatekeepers under the EU's DMA. Uh, That's Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, TikTok owner ByteDance, Meta, Microsoft, and Samsung have declared they met those thresholds. And the thresholds are... Uh, and having an annual turnover of at least 7.5 billion euros in Europe um, in the last three financial years, or those with a fair market value of at least 75 billion euros. So that's a lot of that's a lot of folks. They must also have served more than. 45 million monthly active end users and more than 10,000 yearly active business users in the EU over the last three years. So yeah, clearly they're aiming at, you know, big, big companies. Yeah. This is interesting. I, I haven't looked at the DMA much, but you know, we talk a lot about like the the sort of market power of tech titans and what could be done to to stop them or just rein them in a little. And this is really interesting. I'm not an economist. I don't know like what the long-term impacts of this will be, but this is certainly a way for like we have issues with Amazon right now taking over um, certain types of businesses and not being very uh, competitive uh, with or not being very competitor friendly. I think this is a good way to stop that. Do you have any thoughts on that, Sherlon?
0: I'm just surprised at Samsung's inclusion there. How are they serving that many end users a month through They're devices big. alone? Do they Samsung's through their services? I know Samsung is huge. I think they sell a lot of hardware. Um, I just don't you know, usually include Samsung in these things because Samsung doesn't have multiple different, you know, types of businesses in the sense that, like, it does hardware. Does it have a lot of software? I've never really thought of them as that, way you know yeah. i mean any software they've had has been baked into their hardware so i've always it's all this. it's
1: all kind of tied together right so if you're using the hardware you have the software um can, like can who's you think samsung
0: of... excluding from from who's how is samsung being anti-competitive is what i'm thinking but maybe. it
1: depends like i think sort of like maybe samsung can't over highlight bixby or something yeah. in <laughs> on its own when yeah. like yeah, yeah something can't. like yeah. that uh when android assistant is out there um there is another company that may meet gatekeeper status by the end of the year. Can you guess who that is, Sherlyn? That can be this Netflix. big.
0: Netflix?
1: No. Booking.com. <laughs> so. What? Yeah. What?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Booking. Dot booking dot oh yeah. oh
0: my
1: god i love it i love it um yeah i don't I, I i may have used booking recently to like scope out prices uh, for something but yeah. i
0: don't i mm-hmm. i like i said i'm all baked in, in the google ecosystem so mm-hmm. i book everything through google.com and then i go directly to the websites but like booking.com damn yep. all right
1: <laughs> also in the google. eu we had a mm-hmm. story uh, facebook will need permission to show personalized ads in the eu this hit on july 4th by the way, we didn't fully mention this, but uh, yeah, yeah, Threads is not not even launching in the EU <laughs> because of the it data can't. collection practices and the things. I think specifically around this too. Um,
0: oh, you know, yeah. th- I wonder if that explains why none of my like friends in Germany have been on it, but all the UK <laughs> friends are on it.
1: That does that does explain why.
0: Ah, yeah, interesting. That ex- interesting. That's totally
1: it. I mean, listen, th- this is the sort of thing where I'm like, I don't again, I don't know if I can uh, if I can really trust threads because things like this, if entire like portions of the uh, the earth cannot get access to it. Um, anyway, in other other news, the FTC plans to slap companies with hefty fines for using fake reviews. This is a very good thing. I don't yep, know how many this is times I could this is here in the US. I don't know how many times I go to a company's website or like I go to yep. their Amazon or something and like I see like uh, five stars. Everybody sounds like they're very good and they don't really like any it. Of it. And you can't believe any of it because it's all trash. So
0: it's all paid. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The FTC plans to slap businesses that buy, sell, and manipulate online reviews up to $50,000. That's not just per review, it's also for every time a consumer sees it. So if the FTC finds that one fake review has been viewed just wow. 20 times, that wow. business could be owed, could owe the government a million dollars.
0: Oh my so, gosh. That's I don't. That's a hefty fine. I don't, I don't know how fine, they're going to yeah. enforce we we, or how figure will they it
1: enforce out. How will they actually will they track know? this stuff? Yeah. That's the question. Right. Because they're not I actually lo- investing more in I love these American monitoring.
0: FTC things because they really think this through. They're really, you know, really comprehensive and
1: sound That's really comprehensive the question. And, and Uh, Anyway, we have a couple other things I want to mention. Some entertainment related things. Uh, Amazon CEO Andy Jassy apparently is now asking questions about ballooning original content costs. Um, It's amazing. Amazon spent $7 billion on original shows, content licensing and sports streaming rights just last year alone. That's up from $5 billion the year before. Amazon spends a lot of money on these shows. Uh, the Lord of the yeah. Rings series, um, oh I believe gosh, season yeah. one costs around to $500 million. They've also basically carved out a billion dollars for the, like, for the first two seasons. So season two will likely cost the same amount. That show was, it was successful, but I don't think like people aren't really talking about it. I thought it was pretty fine. I didn't yeah. actually finish it. Most people didn't finish it. It seems. Uh, and Samsung's uh, not Samsung. Amazon's investing it- a ton of money in original shows and we, I I forget if we talked about this at all, but like they, they were doing things like bringing in people for TV deals, uh, people including, uh, like Donald Glover, uh, Phoebe Waller bridge, uh, Jordan Peele. Um, and they would sign them for overall deals, which means they give them money in exchange for bringing their TV ideas to Amazon. doesn't have to actually amount to anything. It's just like we are tapping you as a lead creative uh to bring us your ideas first. Donald Glover brought over Swarm, which I think was a lot of that was a wild show, and Trillin, I think you should watch it. Okay. It's, it's slightly horror, slightly like also Ooh. pop music, like fandom adjacent to. Like it's it's pretty wild. Um, but it's also not something that people like it had a decent uh you know splash, it made a decent splash when it came out, but it's not something people are constantly talking about. Um, they're just spending a lot of money out here. That show, uh, Citadel, the first season cost two hundred and fifty million dollars. Jesus, Christ. and I don't know if you've wow. seen Citadel, Sherlin. Like, there's no. one like when one of the Game of Thrones boys and uh, Pranica Chopra, and they're spies or something. Every word people say in that show feels like it was written by AI. To be honest, oh like gosh. it's not a show that feels like it was actually. Yeah, there are human writers tied to it. Yes, yes, yes. But it is so conventional, it's so like um, cookie cutter that mm-hmm. it it could have literally been written by a computer, and probably would have been better <laughs> if it did. So anyway, Amazon's finally like you know trying to figure out where all that money is going. It's not like they're going to stop spending that money. Uh, it is just, they're just figuring to see. it out. They're just figuring. I bet it out. they
0: figure it yeah. out and then they cut. They, I mean, obviously they're going to try to stop spending some of that money. I mean,
1: Maybe where else cut. are they? yeah maybe Maybe you start asking i think he's just asking questions now um because the previous um i I think like the amazon like studios person somebody new came in um who was like very familiar with hollywood and you know was basically given carte blanche to just pay whatever it took to be successful to make some hits and they they made things They made things, um, not hits. So Jen Salke is the person who is currently leading Amazon Studios stuff. Roy Price is the predecessor who was there producing things that would win a lot of awards. So he was the guy who basically pushed Transparent, Mozart in the Jungle, Manchester by the Sea, The Big Sick, those big awards winning movies and shows from Amazon. And then they shifted over to being more mainstream. That's what Jen Salke has been doing. I don't think this has really like, yeah, gone anywhere. So, yeah, just a shame. Just fascinating. One other thing. You should check out the story uh, we covered in Gadget, the Sphere. Sphere yes. is testing its giant LED video dome in Las Vegas. Um, MSG and Sphere Entertainment are testing this thing. It is a 17,600-seat venue near the Venetian Resort that has an enormous uh, enormous 516-foot-across, 366-feet-tall uh, it's an animated dome with a wraparound internal 16K OLED screen. It looks like a glowing orb from the outside, but on the inside, it's supposed to be like fully, um, it's it's like a fully immersive yeah. screen um, yeah. meant for concerts and cinematic yeah. experiences. Um, sort of like the the idea uh, in an interview to Rolling Stone, the idea is to like give you the VR experience without the damn goggles. This sounds so cool. I, need, and the thing I, I would looks, like to go see the this thing. thing.
0: I know. I mean look, yeah. what the next time we're in Vegas would be probably in I think, I think I'm going to
1: I think I'm just going to like poke these people and be like, "Hey, hey, where when are the previews happening?" cuz I I need this thing has 100, oh, 164,000 sure we... speaker yeah. audio yeah. system. Yeah. 164,000 <laughs> speakers.
0: Go go and look at the videos uh-huh. on either our website or on Twitter. It looks super cool. It's this gigantic like gigantic. golf ball with the the, the LEDs looks, not just on the inside, on the outside mm, it's, it's pretty eye catching. It looks
1: like a planet. It looks, it looks like you stuck a yeah. planet in the middle of Las it Vegas. It actually like, looks really cool.
0: You know Epcot it doesn't. Epcot it does, have some it, sort of, yeah, big sort word? of.
1: Sorry. It's not that I don't think it's as big, but it or does sim- look similar to it. It's a big golf ball thing. Um, the speaker system, by the way, can isolate specific sounds so certain parts of the audience can only hear Spanish language dialogue. I'm yeah. There's some really oh, and, cool and, stuff happening And it's here. like
0: the 4D experience that it offers too, right? It's supposed to have a sensory experience for about 10,000 seats. You'll have uh-huh. things cold, heat, wind and sense. Oh my god. Uh you like um you might be able to like take a virtual trip to the Arctic and feel cold in your seat That's really cool. and feel the I do wind in I your reviewed
1: face the four DX stuff uh that's at the union square regal theater um right i I think that one's also closing but i reviewed that for you know for the side gig of look up my stuff i hated watching movies with it but i could imagine a cool experience or if you're at a concert and somebody wants to like create a vibe of like specific senses and like something like that could be really cool it could be cool um anyway this thing costs uh Um up to 2.3 billion dollars to build it looks enormous uh it's going to start with a performance um a 25 show run by u2 in september um so i, I don't know uh, it does and it's remind barely me... sh-
0: sold out <laughs> there are the 25 shows have all effectively sold out
1: it reminds me of the weird space opera that was in one of the star wars prequels i think it was revenge of the sith uh it's a bit of that it just feels like, man, this is the future. This is the future I kind of want, They're like weird, crazy media. So anyway, take a look at this video, folks. Let us know what do you think. Um, do you do you want to go visit the Sphere? What is the actual name of this thing? It is the MSG uh, Sphere. MSG yes. Sphere is what it's being called right now. Let us know if you want to visit this podcast at engadget.com. <laughs> Let's move on to what we're working on uh, real quick. It's going to be it's already feels like a shortened month because we're starting a little late. And also I'm going to be out at the beginning of August. Um, But in that time, I plan to review one of LG's 49 inch gaming monitors. It's one of the Mm. new ultra gears that just came out. Um, I got a computer. I got a bunch of stuff I want to clear. And also uh, some movies. Uh, I am lining up a screening and potentially interviews for Oppenheimer. And I'm very excited. I'm very excited for that movie. I'm very excited to see it at an old um, movie palace in Atlanta. Uh, hopefully 70 millimeter and i'm excited to see it again in imax at some point trillin what are you working on
0: i have been working on well i've been playing with the ios 17 developer beta uh, as well as the watch os 10 uh developer beta and whenever those public betas are available you'll see a plenty of coverage on engadget.com so far it's pretty fun i mean i i got the sense that ios 17 is a bigger upgrade than ios 16 was um and it's I'm still having some trouble kind of getting into all of the new features. I haven't spent that much time with it. I've been helping Matt Smith mostly test some of the features, um, and some of them I need to work with other people on the developer beta to test, like name drop, for example. But I have created my contact poster. It is cute as shit. Uh, I really like it. Been doing a bunch of editing as well. Um, I can't and, and just you know over lots of behind the scenes stuff. And with Samsung's Galaxy Unpacked coming up. In about twenty days, uh, that's also something we're prepping. So, are you are you traveling for
1: Samsung, Sherlin?
0: I am probably not. This show is going to okay. be in Korea. Yeah, that's what I'm um, saying. Like, we're we're more likely to send someone from the other side of the world, <laughs> um, where it's closer for them. And they oh can... yeah, that's a that's a good RLI
1: job. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So so that's who we are thinking of at the moment, and we'll see. Um, but also the you're, you're the turning down unpacked... a trip to
1: South Korea, Sherlin. Come on, come on.
0: I, I, there's a lot <laughs> I know of people fighting for that. Yeah, I know. And I'm also a little burned <laughs> out. I will say, um, the event, uh, unpacked anyway, it starts at 7 a.m. Eastern. So this is not something that me and, uh, the Eastern coast, East coast, U.S. crew are going to be really there to help. This is very much a UK and Asia game. So
1: <laughs> it is enjoy. impossible for Sherlin sure, to wake up at 7 a.m. <laughs> it's just Bro, not I gonna every happen day at
0: 7 a.m it's just at, not to gonna work. happen
1: oh. i know i know i know the it. it's just not gonna it's happen. more
0: that i don't want to work outside of my work hours it's like very much a work-life balance thing for me I, right now i hear
1: you, I hear you. <laughs> um okay that's gonna be a fun event i mean i think that whole thing is a huge flex from samsung because they they have been like they pushing been pushing to new york trying to like get the hype and now they're like no come to us Come to us if you want the news. I've been hearing from a lot of people who are annoyed. They're apparently not inviting like as many analysts as they typically do too. So a lot of people That's are feeling a like thing. a little burned. <laughs> a little burned, but Can't I don't know. Much. Um okay. Sounds good. Let's move on to our pop culture picks for the week. What do you got?
0: So uh, this week, I, you know, starting yesterday, 12 hours ago, I've been just freaking distracted and addicted to a lot of different things. So uh, over the weekend, I think, or last week, some point, I got my hands on the INAO two Thanks to Sam Rutherford for dropping it off. Uh, I only recently, so Steam uh, is having a summer sale um, from now to, I think mid July or something like that. And so I don't have my own recommendations, but I did ask Jess, uh, for some Dave the Diver! That, okay, that. Uh, 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 recommendations that Jess made for me include Donut County, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Gorogoa, Storytellers, Stray and the entire Annapurna Interactive Bundle, Ace Attorney, Cult of the Lamb, Hatsune Miku. So a lot of great um, recommendations from Jess there. Uh, and obviously for me, it's like definitely... <laughs> distracted by a million things i also want to point out that because we're not doing the live stream i'm just a lot more relaxed right now uh-huh really enjoying this relaxing sit on my Please couch time
1: chill listen um, i love the I, live stream but yeah this is just different That's i love it's our
0: community so much but this is just so much easier on me on uh, the timing the not having to put on makeup it's great now but okay on to my actual pick that i wanted to talk about um i don't know if you've seen this or talked about this show it's a netflix show called the midnight club
1: i did talk about it? it i told you to watch it yeah
0: yeah, did you? I don't remember. I did. Maybe I was I did. Off? because
1: it's the next Mike Flanagan. So exactly. Yeah. So it
0: was it yeah. was Mike Flanagan, and very well. It's very. I cried so hard. So many episodes. It's a show that deals with teens and kids actually dealing with death, uh, and they tell each other stories at midnight every night. And it's very typical Mike Flanagan fair where it's very it's creepy in parts. It's, but you know, can I just talk about one scene? There is a <laughs> very funny scene. This ghost, after, like, standing creepily at the uh-huh. foot of someone's bed for a bit, goes to the door, opens it, like, has to back up to open it, and then walks out the door as well. I'm like, are you a ghost or are you human? Like, aren't you just walking through that door? Why are you opening the door? Clumsily stumbling mm-hmm. backwards and then walking through the doorway. This was an actual ghost. This wasn't even, like, a turns out to be a human sort of twist. It was a ghost. I was like, what the hell? Anyway, other than that, this is really nicely handled, very well written, uh, and very well shot and acted. Really show. good. It was
1: really good. I would say it's not. It's not. I, I. don't think it was as scary or like creepy as as yeah. Flanagan's other stuff. Like I. Think, yeah, it's not um, like creepy. Midnight Mass it, is sort of like was oh, the Midnight apex so of how good yeah. that was, and also his haunted house stuff. Like you know, this, haunted, this is very yeah. different.
0: I, I do want to point out that um, on the Netflix description and in the show itself, on the first episode, uh, they spell out that this is one of the show. This show holds the Guinness World Record for the most jump scares in a single episode of a show. Yeah. And like, it's on. Um, it's deliberate to, like, you it's can the first tell episode, it's jump I scare think. after yeah. jump scare. Yeah. It is the first episode.
1: Because it's jump scare it,
0: after jump scare after jump scare.
1: It's a show about kids telling stories to each other at night. Basically, uh, Midnight Club is a Christopher Pike series, and I loved Christopher Pike, and I believe he is also working on another Christopher Pike adaptation. So good stuff. Good stuff from people I love. Anything else you want to mention about this, Rowan?
0: No, I just it left me a mess. It was really like you have to be in a good headspace for it. It's kind of depressing in parts, but also it, kind of nice.
1: It's about terminally ill kids at a hospice, basically, and they're all like on death's door. And that's like, man, the drama is there, but it's also like very uplifting and very sweet. You know, it you ends know.
0: on kind of a cliffhanger, and then uh-huh. they got canceled. So there's they only canceled, season yeah. one, which is really sad. If Netflix, anyone at Netflix, you're listening to this, you're a fan. Hey, consider pitching a re, uh, bring back of this show. It's nice.
1: I think uh, I think Flanagan went over to Amazon or something. Um, so he he even jumped ship. Uh, give it to Amazon. Come on. Well, yeah. here. I've got some recommendations for you. Shirlane, did you ever watch The Bear on Hulu?
0: I can't. It's too stressful for me. Bye. Sorry. <laughs>
1: It, it's pretty stressful, but listen, you know, as somebody, yeah, we work in sometimes stressful jobs, which puts us in pressure cooker situations where a lot of things need to happen quickly. Um, I relate to the show so hard. Um, bear, the bear season two is even better than season one. It's not all, I want to point out, it's not all the pressure cooker. I think season one leaned on that a lot more and season two is more about, okay, how do you thrive? How do you find your purpose in life? How do you, devote yourself to something and um while also managing the stress of like a situation like that um the bear is very good there's also one episode in season two which has way too many guest stars but i think is pretty fantastic in terms of like encapsulating the hell of like a family holiday dinner night it does it so so well if you ever if you just want to have like some uh you know Casual anxiety, Shirlin. You know, just like <laughs> a casual no, like, run through these things. The bear. I already have legit anxiety. Thinking. I don't need casual no, anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kn- I know how you feel, but I will say, like I especially after doing that New York trip, like guys uh, do, do not call it a vacation. If you're traveling with kids, it's not a vacation. It is traveling
0: at all. I'm traveling sorry. All. Traveling yeah. with family at all. is not a vacation. I don't it's not
1: a vacation, that, but with kids in particular, it's like, it's all yes, anxiety. It's anxiety. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the show is weirdly a way for me to like work through all the things that are bugging me in real life. <laughs> um, so anyway, I relate. It's very good. Also I want to shout out. I'm a Virgo on Amazon. This is the boots Riley show, but a very tall man who lives in Oakland. It's very good, it's very surreal. It's boots Riley, so it's like he is discussing like you know aspects of being black in America and aspects of black life and aspects of urban life too, but also the entire show is like a metaphor, you know it's all all very clear. He's not a subtle old man, but I think he's a very inventive visual stylist um I feel like yeah, he is. trial is like turning into like Charlie Kaufman in terms of like what he's doing, like a mixture of what Charlie Kaufman, Spike Jones used to do lots of weird stuff. I think he'd really enjoy it. So it's worth checking out. Also, also Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Go check out my review at the Filmcast podcast about it. I really liked it. I I was surprised by how much I liked it. But uh, my man, James Mangold, who I think always does really interesting genre movies. uh, He did The Wolverine. He did Logan. And I, I love him as a director. And I think he did some really interesting stuff in this movie. Even though there's a lot of like weird CG, young Harrison Ford. Too. So it's something to get over. But I think it's worth seeing in theaters. So if you like Indiana Jones at all, go check it out. It's much better than The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which we will never talk about again.
0: Well, that's it for this episode this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. This podcast is produced by Venom. You can find Davindra online
1: at 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 Macedon. Social. I'm on the blue sky too. I'm on threads. It's just at Davindra there. That's, uh, That's where I'll be for who knows how long.
0: If you want to get in touch with me online, you can find me Starting on threads, I am at Sherlin instagram on threads, a C H E R L Y N N S T A G R A M. I am on Mastodon, I am at Sherlin at K O P I T I dot A M. I am on Blue Sky at Sherlin Sky dot social, and I am still on the Twitter at Sherlin. Oh, my gosh! Oh, my God, favorite one. Um Email us your thoughts at podcast Leave us a review, please, on iTunes and subscribe on your podcast catcher of choice. Until next time. See ya. If Ben, you had been local recording the whole time, so you heard us, me speculating that you we went to take a big poop.